you don't see what I see Every day as Brown 96 I take you into the spot The Hip Hop Spot Podcast Another episode about to start Yo, what's good, what's good, what's good My Hip Hop Spot world Yo, you've just tuned in to another episode Of that dopeness The Hip Hop Spot Podcast And me, yo, I go by Brown 96 the Hip Hop Spot Podcast is where I interview inspiring entrepreneurs within the entertainment field. And yo, today is no different. Today, we got Day Day Rockstar Thug, straight out of Oakland, California. She's going to tell us what she's been up to, you know what I mean, about her music, her come up in the music game, and all of that good stuff, man. So, strap on that seatbelt and get ready to listen to the homegirl Day Day Rockstar Thug. This is episode number 37. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, what's up, all my people out there in the hip hop cyber world? We're back to the hip hop spot. Yo, me, I'm Brown, your host. Today we have a dope MC straight out of that dope land, aka Oakland, California. Give it up for Danielle, aka Day Day Rockstar Thug. Yo, welcome to the show, Day Day. Oh, yeah, what's poppin'? What's poppin'? We on the show today, man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, talk to us a little bit about uh, you coming up in the streets of uh, Oakland and, you know what I mean? Just doing your thing and, like, tell us how you got in the game. Always had time to freestyle. I was always that girl. Uh, that was freestyling, and, uh, yeah, basically the one that just freestyled with a whole bunch of dudes, and from there, I just took off and started, you know, writing my own rhymes, uh, started writing poetry, from writing poetry, it just became rhymes, but I always had a lot of crews that I used to be in, and in, in those crews, you know, I never really wasn't, they made it seem like I wasn't good enough, but I was always the songwriter. So I used to write other dudes' bars. I used to write their bars in the hook, and it would be my song. I just wasn't featured on the song, but I was like the ghostwriter of the song. That's like on some Easy E shit, right? <laughs> I mean, like literally, I was like the the Ice Cube of the crew, the person there that wrote go. all the hits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was the one that wrote all the hits. You know what I'm saying? Like that wrote every rap, every song. It was just like, oh, uh, you know, you still got to uh, advance your voice a little bit. You still need to learn this, this, and that. But really, it was like, it wasn't much that I could learn. It was just more of like, no, nah, we don't really want you to rap. We just we just like what you write. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did you start writing? Like, like what, uh, what inspired you to, like, you know what I mean? Start writing for, you know what I mean, like just lyrics. Uh, so I started off doing poetry. So I, you know, started off doing poetry, and from poetry, man, it just became like straight rap. Uh, you know, poetry is literally like the lane opener for just writing lyrics. Period. Like once you start writing poetry, you're already rhyming. You know what I'm saying? So from then on, I just started rapping, and then I really wasn't writing when I first started actually rapping to beats. You know what I'm saying? I was actually freestyling first. So mine's just a little flip. Some people like they they say they started like writing raps first, then they was freestyling. I started freestyling first, and then I started, you know, what I'm saying rapping. How'd you find that like, transition? Right now, um, 
you how'd you find that transition? Because a lot of people that freestyle can't can't write for shit. You know what I mean? They can't make a song. You know what I mean? So and, and vice versa, a lot of people that write their songs and actually like record songs, they can't freestyle for shit. How do you how do you keep that balance? Man, it's just like uh, well, to me it was more of the hook. So you know, I, I actually was that kid that was you know in the lunchroom. You know what I mean? Everybody used to beat on the table. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I was that person that said that one line over and over and over. And everybody be oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? So from then on, when I started freestyling, it was just that one line that I kept saying and saying. So I started off just transitioning from my freestyles into actually making hooks. So I wasn't even writing actual bars. I was freestyling bars, but I, I remembered my hook. Like, I always remember the hook. Like, oh, this is the one thing that I know I, I'm saying over and over in my freestyle. All I need to do is flesh it out. I'm making it to a hook. So, like, hooks just came automatically to me. And then it was like, all right, I need to start actually pinning stuff down. That was the difficult part because, you know what I mean, I, like, I got, like, ABA me, like, a little bit. I'm more like, like, damn, bro, I really got to sit and write. But I ended up sitting and writing and started better. The more I wrote, the quicker I got. So, you know what I'm saying? Freestyling is a little bit more different for me. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, freestyling is like, I can just go. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, I just transitioned from doing hooks. So, you know, I was just freestyling. And then automatically I started getting hooks in my head and then I started laying those down. Like me personally, I can't freestyle only when I smoke. You know what I mean? Like only when yeah, I'm like high as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some people got that hood, you know what I'm saying? Some people like to, you know what I'm saying? Like they got to be high in order because you don't think about shit. You're not, you're not double guessing yourself. Yeah. You know, when you, some people when they're sober, they start double guessing themselves like they're going to make it sense. But I always tell people it's not, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can, like, nowadays, today's rappers say some crazy shit, but it's just like, the way they say it, be like, oh my God, that was tight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So. Now, do you think that you can do that? I mean, I mean, do you think you can freestyle without being high or like on, you know, like drinking and all like that? Well, I mostly freestyle like any given time, but when I'm like high or... I'm, I'm more of a drinker anyway. You know what I mean? I get that mold, but it, it depends. You know, some days it's like, you know, you say you're an MC, so like, you know, when you're an MC, people automatically, once you say you're a rapper, it's like, oh, give me give me a 16 right now. Yeah. First down for me right now. And sometimes you just want to chill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you want to chill mode. Like, man, yeah, I'm like, I'm old right now. I'm chilling with the homies. Like, I don't, I ain't got time to kick and raps right there. Like, I, I just want to chill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think that's some freestyle under the influence if I want to. It's just sometimes, it depends on me if I really want to. Like, half the time, I just like to chill. Unless I'm in that environment where it's like all of us are rappers or, you know what I mean? I'm with three or four rappers and out of nowhere, we're just drinking and smoking. Of course, we're going to start ciphering. All right, cool. I listen to your music. It's fucking dope as fuck. That that track you made a, a video too. Where were you? Yo, that's that's some dope shit, man. You know, like dang, I'm always bumping that shit in my ear. You know what I mean? My headphones and shit. But um, now, when would you say you started getting more serious with the uh, with this music thing? You know, like what was your your next step after you realized, yo, I'm I'm fucking dope with this freestyle shit. Let me take it to the next level. Man, you know, um, what really got me 
me into it um, when I actually uh, officially moved strictly to the Bay. Uh, what really got me into it was just being a part of a program. And I was, I was always, like I said, I was a songwriter in many of groups. But when I officially, like, moved to the Bay, you know what I'm saying, I got into a youth program. And my mentor, the person that was actually mentoring me, was just like, yo, you, you can actually, like, do this. Like, I see youth every day, but I really feel like you can do this shit. So I really sat down in my craft, and, you know, I just got tired of being the girl that got dogs. Like, you know, say the girl that could just freestyle, but nobody took seriously as an MC. I was just always the one that they called when they need a hook. Or, you know what I mean, so-and-so about to be a dope rapper, can you write him, like, two sixteens real quick? You know what I'm saying? So I just got tired of being that person, and I just took it seriously. I like what Cube did, you know what I'm saying? With NWA, I relate to Ice Cube a lot, you know what I'm saying? We had to leave during money situations, and many of the crews I was in, it was money situations, and I was just the one that was like, yo, I'm about to do my own thing and take it seriously at the age of 18. And, yeah, from then on, I just started... Making my own shit. Cool. Now, uh, who do you go for for the production side of the of, of your music? I, I work with different engineers and mixers, uh, and I'm working with most of the time. Uh, it's either like the Where Were You track that was uh, me and my mentor working on that. But for my album that I'm putting out now, I've been working with this guy based in Oakland. Uh, his name is D Wiz. Uh, he worked with uh, drum dealership music, and he's, like, the big, big part of, like, engineering and, like, you know what I mean? But it's me and him together. I don't ever work with someone where they just do it by themselves. I like to be in the room. When it comes to my whole production, I like to have control, full control over what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So right now, that's what's been going on. It's been drum dealership music. Uh, they've been helping me um, just craft my album a lot more, you know what I mean, really understanding and getting them to understand my ideas and the mixing and all that. Now, for the first project, uh, where can we find that at? Um, my first project was an EP. It's called My Introduction. Uh, my Introduction was an EP I did a couple years back. I got a couple songs that were actually uh, picked up about uh, around a couple radio stations, uh, like in Detroit. I did a lot of leg runs for that one. Uh, it's called My Introduction. You can find that on my SoundCloud. You can find that basically anywhere. Once you type in my name, they Rockstar Thug, my music pop up. So, yeah, My Introduction is definitely on my SoundCloud. Uh, video Dream is out. That's been out, and that's been doing good for about three years. It's, the views is crazy on that one. A lot of radio stations, underground radio stations, picked up pick that one up so uh yes yeah, yeah all right now, have you been uh doing any shows yeah i've got a lot of shows i've been doing a couple of shows i've been working closely uh with a friend of mine it's hard to have friends in this industry but uh i got a friend in the industry uh a lot of people know her she goes by the name of baby chris oh yeah we are, uh working yep we've been working together a lot uh doing a couple of songs and stuff on a project. But I definitely got a show of my own coming up September 14th, this Thursday, for Hip Hop for Change. If anybody knows who Hip Hop for Change is, uh, we 21 and up. 
And it's definitely going down. If you follow my Instagram, Dead A Rockstar Thug, I'll get promoting the hell out of that show. That show is about to be crazy because it's going to be, my whole set is going to be everything off of my new album in December. Cool. Now let's go back. Uh, when you started your first show, your first performance you've ever done, what can you tell us about, you know, the the experience, like, you know, the nervousness and how did you get over that, that being nervous and, like, being more confident on stage? Um, well, mine is a little flip um, for me doing my first shows. Um, as a freestyler, when you're in a cypher, it prepares you for a show because when you're in a cypher, everybody is in a circle watching you and you're li you're ciphering but at the same time you're listening to the reaction of what they say with certain lines if I say one line if I don't hear a ooh it's a problem for me so it's like oh I gotta dig deeper just to get a bigger you know what I'm saying so that right there molded my performance aspect um, as a performer also uh, if I'm not nervous before I perform I always tell people being nervous is actually a good thing if I'm not nervous before I perform then I know I'm not about to put my all into it I don't like to feel too comfortable on stage because mm. then once you feel too comfortable and you know too many familiar faces then you might get a little lazy with it you may get a little lazy with your delivery you know what I mean it's going to be like oh I know you you don't know me or this and that I like to get nervous when I see familiar faces, but then at the same time, I see fresh new faces, or I see familiar faces, but they ain't never seen me perform before. I like that nervousness because that gives me the energy. I feed off of what the energy they're giving me. You know what I'm saying? I feed off of energy a lot. You know, I'm an energy person. So if I'm nervous, that's a good thing. I like being nervous. I like being, like, not too nervous, but I like being that in the middle nervous, like, yeah, okay. I got something to prove when I hit this stage. Now, what is your thoughts on on uh, pay to play, like for um, opening up for like known artists and stuff like that? Pay to play, man. You know, please do not. I, uh, <laughs> I actually, I think every artist, because uh, I, I even teach you for a living, and they always say, "Oh, I got a show with with like Chan Queen and all this stuff," and I'm like, "Huh?" I said, "How do you get that?" I mean, they have to sell a certain amount of tickets. <laughs> but then once you sell those tickets, it's like, yo, the people you sell your tickets to, it's like your grandma, your grandma, grandpa, and that's all that's going to be in the crowd. It's <laughs> like you're literally opening up the show and saying, point ain't going to be there until like three to four hours before your set door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I be telling you all the time, but I knew that was a bad idea from a jump, from pay to play, just off of just where I was raised and how I was raised. I'm not about to sell tickets to you. Like, you telling me in order for me to perform here, I got to sell this amount of tickets, that's it? Like, I'm not about to do that. Okay, I'm doing a promoter job. You already promoted. You should be promoting me. I'm not about to do your job. So I always tell you artists, don't ever do pay to play because you're not going to get nowhere doing pay to play. So you've never done that before, right? Uh, no, I've seen people, I've got friends do it, you know, I bought a ticket before just to support the cause, like, just to support them, but I always told them, like, at the end, like, you know, it, this is not where it's at, stop <laughs> doing the pay to play, because we got a community, we have a whole underground community, Yeah. when we do first Fridays, like, you can get booked on the first Friday, you just 
Like, you got to be out there in your community. You can't sit there and think, oh, I got to get shows, or I got to do pay to play, when you don't go out and socialize with your community. Because mm-hmm. that's where I get a whole bunch of my shows from. That, that's where everybody else that I know, peers, get their shows from. We be in the community and we all support each other. And then once we put on shows, and then we put them on our, our booking list of the show, then they'll do the same for us. And then it, it goes in a rotation. It's like a pot. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's just mixing up the gumbo. Everybody's stirring the gumbo. Everybody's getting fed. Because yeah, actually, my next question was going to be, um, how do you deal with promoters yourself? Oh, man. I had so many incidents with promoters, man. I've been trying to tour lately. So, you know, promoters is not always the best people to run into or the best people to go through because they always want something. You know, everybody wants something out of something. Yeah. You know, sometimes I have those... If I could put on my hand, like, from one to five, how many good promoters I have seen, it would be, like, at least two. Because hmm. everybody wants something, you know what I mean? But I always tell people, when it comes to promoters, and you're trying to promote a show or, or book a tour, and you have to go through those people, you just got to understand it's always business with them first, and sometimes they be lazy with it, and you have to do their job for them. At the end of the day... You got to suck it up. You know, that's what happens when you, you know what I'm saying, a performer. You know what I'm saying? When you're a local artist, just try and get up there. You know what I mean? You got to earn respect. So I always tell people, don't, don't ever expect, the, like, the most treatment from promoters, man. They the jankiest shit out. You know what I mean? You get, like, one out of five, you get, like, two books that you may run across. Yeah. You know? It's hard to come by. It's hard to come by, you know, to find some, uh, some promoters to, you know, be... First of all, down to earth. Second of all, that won't rip you off, you know, because a lot of them, that's what they're there for, you know, just to make that money. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, they all be into the money, man. That's yeah, that's the main thing when it comes to these promoters. It's money, money, money. Now, what motivates you as a as an artist to like continue and just doing projects and just staying on top of your, you know, of your career? Uh, I'm an artist in the community, so other artists that I'm involved with. You know, uh, like I said, I mentioned, like, you know, Baby Chris or, uh, you know, Unlearn the World, he's a good friend of mine, Just Biz, you know, um, a, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, in my community that I really vibe with, you know, Tattoo Vision, Honey Gold, like those people, you know what I mean, even seeing them perform, being around them, it's like all inspiration, and that's what motivates me to like, okay, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep pushing, because we're all pushing to get somewhere, you know what I'm saying, so, you know, those people, the Cheyenne D's and all that, like, yeah, that's, that's a big motivation, you know, family as well, you know, moms and all that, you know, teaching kids, you know what I'm saying, I work for a non-profit or Beach Rhymes in Life, and we teach, you know, you how to do music, foster care youth and stuff, how to do music, how to change that into a form of therapy. So that also, like, motivates me, too. You know what I'm saying? See them make something out of... See them make nothing out of something. Yeah. You know, and I'd be like, yeah, I you know my shit, man. And people make this song within, like, less than an hour. Oh, man, now I'm, now I'm motivated to make a song like that. <laughs> so how do you feel about that, um, surrounding yourself around like-minded people? It's important. It's important in this community to surround yourself with people like that. You know what I'm saying? You don't ever want to surround yourself 
for people that are like yes man, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Some yeah. people call us like, never surround yourself with like people like that. I always say like usually you you know, a lot of people will see my brand, like say they rock stars so like, oh she got like ten people with her or twenty people. At the time it just be me by myself or a couple of other people, but you know what I'm saying? But it's those people I know that that'll come to a show and be like, yo, I noticed this. You may not have noticed it, but they'll notice and be like, oh, that shit was trash because you did this and that. And somebody else will be like, that's the hottest shit ever. But you know what I mean? The dude next to you that you know for real, for real will let you know, like, no, that shit's trash. You can even fix that shit. So I always tell people to surround yourself with the most realest people that you know, man, and have them keep going with you, man. One experience that you remember that that you felt like you failed and you know your outcome didn't come out as as expected. Can you recount that uh, and tell us what you learned from that experience? Yeah, man, I did a show, I did a lot of shows where where a lot of times a lot of people may not notice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes being a local artist, a lot of people may not know your lyrics to a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're performing at an event that you have a whole bunch of people that you know that's being invited. But um, there's a couple of times where I had those slip-ups. Um, and for me, it's uh, falling on stage or, like, at least forgetting my lyrics. And sometimes that may happen. I may forget. Like, it can be an old song, and it can be, like, a request. Or maybe I didn't rehearse because the show happened so fast. And I'm like, oh, let me hurry up, put a stuff together. All right. They asked me to do it Thursday. They asked me to do the show, and the show is on Saturday. So I didn't get to rehearse. Mm. So, like, those times, you know, doing those shows where I forget my lyrics, a lot of times that may happen when it's a quick show. But, I'll, you know, lucky I can freestyle, and then I'll go back into the lyrics that I do remember and then continue on. But those be the times where I'll be like, yo, I got to start rehearsing. Oh, yeah, that teaches us. <laughs> Now, exactly. <laughs> as for like ideas that come up to you, you know what I mean? Like just you just thinking, I mean, do you carry a notepad by any chance with you uh, wherever you go? No, no, no. So uh, writing on like pen and paper, you know, for me, my mind goes too fast for that. I don't have time to spelling out words. I don't hate on people that do. Like that's classic shit. That's classic hip hop. That's what's up. Too fast shit. If you got a pen and a paper. Now, I salute those that do have pens and papers because I wish I can do that. I just don't have, like, I just can't sit for so long. So a lot of times for me, it's everything is done in my phone. You know, I lost plenty of phones with a lot of lyrics, and I said I ain't going to write no more in my phone. And I end up writing in my phone <laughs> again. <laughs> now, every idea you get... um. I mean, how long do you stick with an idea, though? I mean, before you, like, toss it out or, like, delete it or whatever? Uh, a lot of times, you know, I get ideas. Uh, so what I do is a voice memo. Um, I know they have them if you have an iPhone, you know, it's a little voice memos. And a lot of times, I can have a hooked idea, and I'll say it in my voice memo. And then I'll be like, ooh, that could possibly, a lot of times I don't use them. Some of them I do, and I just record it from there. Uh, a, a lot of my ideas, I, I'll say, uh, I do them like a week, two weeks before I trash them. But sometimes I don't necessarily trash every idea because they always end up being like the essence of things. Like for this album, a lot of my ideas that could have been trashed became interludes. So I was like, ooh, this is like a real moment though. 
Thing. You know, a lot of times I don't, I don't trash in my What is the, the the topic that that mostly like drives your inspiration? Man, like like for real, like if you want honest shit right now, man, like Netflix documentaries are my go-to, man. Like especially just creating this fucking album, man. I've been watching like Netflix documentaries, like it, sometimes it don't even be a hard topic. Sometimes I just want to watch a a fun type of documentary and just get motivated. Like before I do a big show. I like to watch other performers. So it's this thing on Netflix called Backstage. And it's like DMX, Ja Rule, Jay-Z. This is when they was all like on the same tour together. And I will watch that shit before I do a big-ass show. Because that motivates me. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or if I want to get a deep topic type of song, I'll watch a documentary on Netflix like the 13th Amendment and shit. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, it varies, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe I'll watch, you know, the evolution of hip-hop or something. Oh, or yeah. Maybe I'll watch a show like The Get Down. You know what I'm saying? And be inspired. Now, how do you define success as an MC? Uh, man, you know, success, uh, you know, I, I tell every MC or not even tell them, like, we all tell each other, like, everybody got their ways of success, but uh, success is... It's what it looks like to you. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's all about. Whatever success is to you. You know, you can't say I got this Bentley, that Bentley, and say you're successful. You know what I mean? You, you may look like you're successful, but you, you know, on the inside, you may not have no success at all. You may be like tortured and shit. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I always tell people, man, like, or we all tell each other, it's about what success is to you. Success to me, and when I'm in the crowd and I get a whole bunch of energy and everybody's just loving my shit, they might not even heard my song before, so they don't know the words. But if I tell them to say this line and they all say it at the same fucking time and giving me that energy, that's the best right there. I feel like that's right there in that night. I feel like I'm one five friends. Now, what is your process like when working with this uh, with this new project? What was your process of like? Do you have some kind of theme to the album? Um, yeah, yeah, so Torture Souls, man, the theme is community-based, uh, so what I did was take a lot of people, a lot of people I named earlier, uh, in my community, like Tattoo Vision, Stony Creation, Baby Chris, you know, um, my mentor and stuff, uh, I took a lot of interludes from them, and I told them to give me that definition of what a Torture Soul is, mm. you know, and it's, for my last EP, it was all about me, like me introducing myself to you. Now I am a I'm a tortured soul, but at the same time I'm an artist now. Now I have a whole community behind me, so it's just not me anymore. It's everybody that represents each other in my community. And that's what this album is more about. It's just 
with your we can walk through a journey of a tortured soul artist because either way shape or form we're all tortured souls we all invented something or seen something that made us do what we want to do when it comes to rap period you know we may have seen something we may have felt something but it, we felt it so hard that we had to say something about it so we're all tortured souls either shape way or form you know what I mean Shakespeare was a tortured soul you know David Allen Poe was a tortured soul you know what I'm saying but it was so good, you know? So that's like the process of this album was just taking that concept and having my community back me with that one when it comes to the interlude. And when it came to the song, you know, I didn't want it to be sobby. I didn't want nobody to listen to, to the album and be like, man, why everything sounds so sobby and chill? <laughs> you had to turn up, the, you know what I mean? You got, you got a lot of turn up records on there. So of course the show can be at a club or at a party, turn the fuck up. Yeah. Drunk as shit or, or high as shit. They are a tortured soul, but they have fun in their own way. But you know what I'm saying? That's going through the life of a tortured soul because they may be turned up one day and that Sunday they down and like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, my high just keep all the way down. But, you know, I'm taking you through a whole fucking journey. For this album or any other projects, like the, your first project, did you ever like go out and uh, ask for like um, investors or you know sponsors for you know for any show of yours or any project? Oh uh, no, nah, no. Nah. So that's what I know some people do, and uh, they go out and ask for me. I don't ask for anything actually. Uh, but my label, they always ask. Uh, with my last project, I didn't ask uh, for sponsorship promoters. I don't ask. Uh, with this album, I'm not going to ask. Uh, it's just because I I just have a belief of not asking for shit like that because when you ask then they feel like they got something. Oh, yeah. They feel like they got you. They feel like they own you. So I don't like to be owned. I like to control everything that I do. So I definitely won't ask for sponsors. It would be nice if somebody came up to me and said, oh, I would love to sponsor you. But for me asking you, then you're going to feel like, yo, oh, we got her. Yeah. So now we own you. And I don't want to be owned. How do you feel about record labels? I mean, if someone came up to you like, you know, you're down to sign, you know, like, how do you feel about that compared to staying independent? Well, we don't like to be independent because, you know, they do a lot of shit themselves. You know what I'm saying? A lot of artists that I know now, like, they touring themselves, they book their own tours, they doing their own merch, they, they're, and they have no manager. It's just them, the artists that do it. Sometimes the artists may need a label because they need that extra backing. So for me, if a label came to me, it's not. A, it wouldn't be more of a. When am I bringing to you? It's what you're gonna bring to me because I'm already booking my own shows. I'm already being paid for shows. You know, I'm already doing this and that. So what can you do for me as a label that I may need? So if I sign to a label, it'll be more of like what they're gonna do for me and control. I don't want to be signed to a label and I have no control over what I'm going to do with my next album. Yeah, because I've had other yeah. uh, people interview, other MCs uh, interviewed, and um, they talk about their experience signed to labels. And it's not always, you know, <laughs> it's not always butterflies and flowers, you know what I mean? So it's like... Exactly. So it's it's, exactly. it's a story to either side, you know what I mean? So, um, all right. Um, now... I mean, what is the best way for you to promote yourself? I mean, besides social media, I mean, do you go out and, like, I mean, do you make flyers of your projects and, like, hand them out, anything yeah. like that? Yep, yep, yep. What you 
in the books, I always tell people the best way to promote yourself is community, 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 community. Be in your community. And, like, go to these First Friday's events. When there's a First Friday in Oakland, you go to that shit. Go to a First Friday event. Don't just pass out flyers. Go to these, you know what I'm saying? Go to the Allen Bluefoot Center and watch these people perform. You know, get to know them. Get to, get to know these people. You know what I mean? Go to these open mics. Go to the Sister Cypher open mics. Go to the Second Saturday open mic. Like, that's the best way any artist can promote themselves is to show love to other people because once you show love to them, you already promote who you are as a person. So now they're interested in the art. Once they see you as a person, now they want to know, okay, who is this artist that's showing all this love? Now they're going to show it back. So the best way to promote yourself is through your community because your community is going to promote you like no no other. You know what I'm saying? If your album drops and you got 10 people in your community, you know what I mean, that you know for real that will definitely repost your album, then those 10 people will have another 10 and 12 layers of fans themselves that will see it and click on it. That's all you need. Now, um, unfortunately, we must all pass away. What do you want to leave behind as a, you know... Like your, you know, your stamp to this world. Um, one of the things I would want to leave behind is, uh, so if I pass away, then 10 years later, you know, sometimes people pass away and that's when they want to start bumping your shit. But if that <laughs> happens, hey, it happens to a lot of people. So if I blow up from passing away, that's fine, but I want people to remember me like, yo, she's like the most energetic person that you've ever seen and she just moved by the beat of her own drums, so... That'll be one of the things. Yeah. All right. Now, along with that same question, um, like the best message that you would have loved to leave behind, the best advice, you know, that you would love to leave behind. Mm, that's a good one. Um, best advice is right now, but I'll uh, don't say yes to everything. It's okay to say no. Because hmm. um, I feel like as artists, local artists, we are scared to say no. Because we don't think that that opportunity will come again. We'll be like, oh shit, that, that, we just passed that opportunity because we said no. And they can be so, don't believe it. But it's a good ass opportunity though. You may be like, man, I don't want to do this interview because it's about this, but E40 and so and so is going to be next to me in this interview. But if you want to say no because you know you don't believe in that shit, I'm going to fuck who's next to you. Say no. Don't be afraid to say no. Yeah, that's dope, for real. If you were to wake up tomorrow and find yourself starting from scratch, like step one, you still had the knowledge you have now, but knew no one in the business. Like everyone you met, you, you don't know anyone. What would you do in the next seven days? I would go to every hip-hop show that is being brought in the community. I think that's, that's what I would do. If I woke up tomorrow and say, yo, I want to be a rapper. How am I going to be a, a successful rapper? I'm going to sit there and you know, write rhymes and maybe do better and freestyle it. But, you know, I'm going to start linking up and seeing, like, what cypher is going down. Let me look, you know, let me Facebook and see the next cypher. Let me start adding myself to these public events. I think that uh, that's how I start off. Because I didn't start off that way. So if I woke up, like, with a new fresh mind, I would start off that way. Cool, yo. That's that, that that's the super dope. Uh, repetition, 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 people. That's how you get better at whatever the fuck you do out there. You know what I mean? So, uh, yo, Dede, I want to thank you for, you know, blessing us with this knowledge. You know, and just putting us on game with your career. You know what I mean? And we wish you all the best. And, uh, you know, 
it's all about that good music, you know. Uh, so my introduction, your debut album was um, is on SoundCloud. You said and um, just search it up, you know, Day Day, Rockstar Thug, you know. You know, for your proper change, follow me on Instagram, Day Day Rockstar Thug, and you'll see all the posts of shows and events. You know. Clocking out for today. This was the hip hop spot with Day Day Rockstar Thug. Yo, have a good night. Stay motivated, y'all. Stay dope. Have a good night, Day Day. Word, right on. Yo, how did you like that episode? That was the homegirl Day Day Rockstar Thug out of Oakland. That was some dope ass interview. That was a dope ass talk. Yo, I hope you uh, got something out of this interview. I hope, um, you know what I mean, you took something very valuable from what the homegirl Day Day spoke about, um, you know, and it's all about each one teach one, like I always preach, yo, so for this episode number 37, I'm checking out, this is Brown96, and uh, tune in to the next episode number 38, it's gonna be that dopeness, like I always say, <laughs> so yo, listen, learn, and apply that shit to your own craft. Yeah.